Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. I'm David Brigham Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. (laughs) This is Don't Miss This. If you're watching from the podcast, you are missing out. And you don't watch from podcasts, you listen. I am dressed as Brigham Brigham Young Young right now. There is a gentleman here. We are at This Is The Place Heritage Park up in Salt Lake. It's right by the zoo. This place is so rad, P.S. And we're going to say that 75 times throughout this episode. Just because we are getting to the end of the Doctrine and Covenants here, and this is kind of where the timeline of the Doctrine and Covenants ends, is when they get to the Salt Lake Valley. And we love that we've been everywhere, right? We started clear back in Pennsylvania, and we have been everywhere this year, and why wouldn't we end at this is the place? With Brigham. With me, yeah. Mm -hmm. You wish I owned this costume. I'm gonna (laughs) buy it from the man who just let me wear it um, in about 20 minutes from now. So we thought it would be so cool to come to this place as we get to the very last. It's a, it's a park that kind of commemorates and celebrates um, a journey's end, really. Like coming to, the, to this very last, last spot. Which means we're also, real quick before we jump into this lesson, um, we are about to start the Old Testament. And, this and we're is not like, excited No, I'm have, sort of bored. No I'm sort of bored of the Old <laughs> Testament already. Um, y'all, most people think that that book is like daunting, confusing, scary, too big, all of those things. And we want to change that for everybody. Like we want to make that book just come alive. Yeah, and delightful. Yes, How about that? yeah, so awesome. Yes. Like we, I think you're gonna end the year saying, that is our favorite book. It's the funnest book. I think it's the book that just gives us the most courage and strength for our everyday battles that we're facing. Like you cannot wait to jump into that book. And we've just created these products, you know, that will hopefully help uh, bring that about, right? So we're gonna tell you about a couple of them. Some you know already, we've told you about them over and over again. This, you want, because it's kind of your last chance to get them if you wanna have them when the year starts, so. Yeah, yeah, this would be a good week if you don't have them yet to grab them. Okay, so, super fast. If every week when we do our video, there is a, a lesson that kind of goes along with this in this journal. And we showed you that previous week that we're going to keep track of the promises to covenant Israel and just your notes and and everything like that. So that's the journal and it's ready for you. This is the devotional book. Um, It is every day there's a little devotional in it. One verse from chapters throughout the Old Testament. If you kind of want to just be simple as a family and do just one verse in a little devotional per day. That is that guy. One of our favorite things to do is just to make sure you are not overwhelmed by your study. And so these Word a Week posters are some of my most favorite things that we do. It's just a little poster that you can... (laughs) You got the golden ticket. (laughs) I got the golden ticket. Now I'm Willy Wonka. That you can hang up in your house and it has at the bottom what lesson it is. And then this is the first time we've shown these to you, I think. So this is so fun for you to see because it's going to have the word and the verse it came out of. And then it's going to have the Hebrew word and the Hebrew definition on all of these. Um, So you'll be able to go through and do this, which we love. And then this is what we're so excited about. I think we told you guys about the timeline last week, which we are really excited about. Yeah, and a, a reminder, if you want that timeline, the little pieces that go on the timeline, 
If you don't know what we're talking about because you missed last week's video, we have this timeline of the whole Old Testament. And there is a picture or a quote or like an event um, that you'll put on the timeline each week as we move throughout it. So you can just get a good scope of the whole Old Testament. And so if you want that. Happening visually so that you'll be able to remember. Just see it. Because I don't know if you know this, the Old Testament kind of goes and then it starts over. And that's why it's a little bit confusing. So we're trying to help like make that not confusing. But if you go to don'tmissthisstudy.com, you can get that timeline, sign up for the newsletter, and then that piece that goes to the timeline will come every week in the newsletter. And all of that is just free. As long as you have access to the newsletter, you're gonna be able to do that. So every week you're gonna be able to expect a piece for the timeline. But the other thing that we wanted to do this year because of the Old Testament is something that we know of in the seminary world as glue-ins. In the publishing world, they're called tip-ins. And what they are is little things that you can glue into your scriptures and they're as thin as scripture paper so they don't make your scriptures huge that will help you remember, oh yeah, this is what was happening here and this is what is happening here. And there's so many fun ones. I'm just gonna show you a couple. So one of the things we're gonna do is look for all the grandmothers of Jesus this year. We're gonna teach you their stories and what you love about them. Um, Eva, Timothy did all the artwork for us. So there's some places that just have this beautiful artwork that you will love as we go through. You'll be able to see. Um, We have a um, timeline that you can stick right in your scriptures to help you remember what's going on. If you've ever wondered what the Hebrew Bible looks like compared to our Bible because so much of it comes out of the Old Testament, we're going to share that with you. So just so many different helpful things as we go through that you're going to stick in as tip-ins all through the year this year. So a lot of fun things to help make the Old Testament easier and fun. Yeah. And something that you're just going to love. Delightful. Yeah, <laughs> but that's a word no one's ever used for the Old Testament until today. And Brigham approves. Okay. Of such a word. So, should okay. we start? Speaking of, yeah. Okay, let's jump in. That's all the stuff to get you ready for next year. Now let's end this year like just really strong and, and really good. So, again, this is this is the place, Heritage Park, a place that commemorates and celebrates the end of, of that journey and kind of the beginning of a new chapter, right? And we hear from President Nelson a lot right now about the the continuing restoration. And this is just a a chapter right after the Doctrine and Covenants almost of of that. And we're we're celebrating and and kind of studying the the proclamation to the world, the family, the proclamation to the world, which is one more piece of that unfolding uh, restoration. So we wanted to start this video right here next to this statue of of Brigham. Don't confuse the two of us as you watch this video. No, I'm, I'm um, kind of having a hard time taking you seriously. I'm not going <laughs> to I'll be serious. Everything I'm saying is true. Brigham. What do you mean? I'm, I'm dead serious right now. Like, this is so awesome. Um, we wanted to talk a little bit about just kind of his role in bringing the, the saints ac- across the plains and opening up and starting this new chapter. And we just have just these words that were written about him that we just adore, that just kind of capture his personality and his heart and character. We're taking a whole bunch of what we are going to talk to you about right now and throughout today from the journal of Thomas Bullock, who happens to be Greg's great, great grandfather. So that makes it so much fun for me to be able to go through and just read. He was assigned to journal every day 
of the journey and then what happened when they got here. So we're gonna kind of hear what happened from his point of view. And we love that just as you start, some things that are worth remembering as we think about these like last moments of the Doctrine and Covenants journey. Um, first of all, not a lot of historians recognize or describe or talk about how close the initial Mormon emigration came to disaster. They did not have very much money they actually had no money, everybody. They didn't have enough animals. Everything that they were doing, they were just scraping by to be able to get here and find a refuge and safety here. Um, uh, Thomas Bullock said in his journal, it appears as if we are gonna get to our journey's end by a miracle or very narrowly indeed. And I just love the thought of that. He wants to talk about um, how the Mormons were spectacularly poor. Normally, if you were gonna come across, like um, the pioneers did, what would happen is you would have 10 to one animals or 12 to one animals to help you move all of those people across. And in those days, the like pioneers- Like the ratio of animals yeah, to people? Yeah, the ratio of, anim oh, okay. of animals <laughs> to like, people. I do not understand 12 the to one animals. The ratio of animals yeah. to people in order to get that many people and all of that stuff across would have been 10 to one or 12 to one. Um, for the pioneers, Why not 11? you can bring 11. I'm gonna bring 11. Bring them. Uh, three to one. That is like the scarcity of their ability to try and get over here. And we love that as you think about Brigham Young and as you read through this journal, what you start realizing is just the character of Brigham Young. And we wanna start out just talking about that. Um, he is a dynamic, hands on leader who personally scouted out the route and selected the camping sites and negotiators and negotiated with traders and mountaineers. Um, he interrogated them closely about the lay of the land and the rivers. Um, he wasn't afraid to haul rafts and jump into the mire to pull on a rope when necessary. Um, this is the man who Patty Sessions, you've probably heard her talk about, said Brigham Young came up with his company driving his team in mud to his knees as happy as a king. See, so happy, good job. <laughs> we you. watched as President Young stripped himself on the banks of the North Platte and went to work with all his strength to build a first-rate white pine and white cotton wood raft. He uses all the force of his personality to cajole, exhort, and inspire his people to achieve their dream of coming west. He blazed the trail, he hunted antelope, he stood guard, he, he climbs up the canyon wall at Deer Creek to escape a mother grizzly bear. He was the American Moses as he brought the people across the plains. And we were talking earlier that it's so interesting to think as God looked down over this people and was like, who, who are we going to get? Right? Yeah. Who are we going to get? Who's got the grit to bring the courage, all the, of these yeah. people across the plains? And people may complain about Brigham Young. They may complain about decisions that he made and things that affected the church for years afterward. But I love the thought of that moment of a father looking down at his children and saying, who's brave enough and who has the type of courage needed to get this many people in this bad of a situation safely to the Salt Lake Valley. And we just love that thought of Brigham as we get started. And we love the idea of him just being in there, in the mud with them, in the canyons with them, on the river banks with them, like doing this journey together and that's been the calling card of every leader president of the church since Brigham Young also 
and it was Joseph's too to just be he's like to say we are in this journey uh, together with each other um, and he provided for them principles and laws and and a structure you know that section 136 that that we read in last week's lesson or whenever that was yes. a million years ago okay <laughs> where it was just like here are the principles and the lessons and the things that you will need to get you across and and that's one of the things that we love about the proclamation too because it's it's another prophet who is saying here I'm in this with you and let me give you some principles and some laws and some things to think about that are going to help you on on your yeah, to, journey to move yeah. your family safely over these plains in those days they called it the word and will of the Lord we know it as section 136 I love there is one entry in here where um, Brigham Young asked Thomas if he would make him another copy of the will and the word of the Lord. And then he said to him, he had done such a nice job. You can go ahead and make one for yourself. He told him, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's so cute. And where even is that one? Don't you want to just hang it in your house so bad? But the family proclamation becomes the will and the word of the Lord as we prepare our families for whatever our journey looks like right now and that's what we want to talk about today. So we're going to head over to another section in this in this park to uh, continue that journey. <laughs> we're at the Pioneer Children Memorial right now. It's a section right here in this is the place Heritage Park that's dedicated to remembering the more than 650 children that died along the trail that didn't have a, a grave post or a marker and it kind of just provides that that place and well there's so much that is you know hard and, and sad about about that but it just as a reminder also that they were traveling together as families as they came and as you study the family proclamation and, and look at kind of the what was it the word and the will of, of the Lord about our our journey today you kind of find principles that that are just applicable that are, are relevant in any time period and no matter what your situation is, we're going to yeah. highlight some of the things that we're going to talk about are people at different stages of life and also people at different stages of like these young kids, but also teenagers and, and young children, but also people who came across the plains who were single, who came with without any family at all. And we want to talk a little bit about that. But before we do, yeah, I just want to read this in. section that we're really this is where we focused on in this is because it's this idea of um, you could talk about like um, men's roles, women's roles, and all, there's a lot of principles that are in here, but we want to talk about these universal principles for just families, like of, of every kind that there are. And it says, happiness in family life is most likely to be achieved when founded upon the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. Successful marriages and families are established and maintained, that's kind of cool that it's both of them, on principles of faith, prayer, repentance, forgiveness, respect, love, compassion, work, and good old fun times. <laughs> Wholesome recreational activities is a really boring way to say bowling. Um, so bowling. it just, it, well, I should have picked something funner. <laughs> like water skiing or something. <laughs> I was trying Sky to like, diving. you know, whatever. Bowling? Uh, so we want to highlight some of these principles that you find here and we want to show them to you on families that were coming across the plains just because it's Doctrine and Covenants year, so so why not? And just let you see how universal the principles are and, and get your mind going into thinking like, oh, there's so many ways to live out these different principles in my particular 
family or life situation. One of the things we love the most about this place in the park, and that's why we came up here to record, is at each of the stops that you will make on this really short hike up to the top, and we're going to take you to several of those places, you will see signs, and every sign has a word on it, like service or faith or determination. A lot of these similar words that we see in the family proclamation that were things that they learned on their journey and isn't it interesting that it's the same things that we are learning on our journey even though it looks so different in fact we just barely got back from martin's cove and you got to see that wind i mean look you guys we can just stand here and there's no wind blowing anywhere this you is know, so nice your hair was sticking up during <laughs> martin's cove <laughs> video you. i just want you to know that that's very nice mm -hmm. um then you come here and and you get to go to all of these places and you imagine that there were the journeys were different for everyone in fact in my ancestors journal it says that they left the Mississippi River and came here into the Salt Lake Valley without seeing one particle of rain or snow that's such a different journey and that's one of the things we want you to keep in mind is that everybody's journey was so different and everybody's situation was so different in fact when I was reading in Thomas's journal it talked about how he had been adopted into the Willard Richards family and that was part of how he came over and so people just they just came together however they could to be able to make it and everybody's journey was different uh, Bodile Mortensen there's a little part here where you learn about her and remember she was like a foster child who was just coming across the plains and and everybody's story is represented here in different ways and that's one of the things that we love yeah and the cool thing really is that like in each of our stories whether you're whether you're up to your neck in snow or whether you had no drops of rain on the entire trip there are still opportunities to live out the principles of prayer of sacrifice of faith of bowling of all of the things that, that are in there one of the things that we love from this is the place is this book that they've written about this pioneer trail and so we're going to be reading out of that for those of you who are wondering where we're reading out of and we will link to that but there were a couple stories in here that we just love as you think about these journeys and what the journeys looked like and how different they were yeah i particularly love this lady mary b crandall because it kind of how sassy she was a little bit she was a, a teenager <laughs> that, surprises us that you would pick the sassy <laughs> <laughs> my love is she's a sassy teenager once jenny said to me how come you always like the punks in your seminary class and she was like, probably because you were one. And I was like, they're my people. So she was this teenager single and she was assigned to travel with this other family, but that family actually turned around and decided to go back home. But she wanted to keep going on the journey. So she walked into her captain, Captain MacArthur's tent, with a request to let her have her own handcart on, on the trip. And he said- Which is crazy because has anyone ever pulled a handcart? Like you're so happy for someone else to take the handcart after a little while. And she was like, no, I'm going to do it. I was happy to pull it the whole time on my trek. CrossFit. Because <laughs> I do CrossFit. It's my wholesome recreational activity. Um, but she goes in to request that and he says to her, you can't do it. And then her response right back was, try me and see. Let me just have a go at it and see. And so he does. And she gave her the cart and she started by herself with all of her clothes and, and the cooking utensils and everything inside there. And then two other girls wanted to join with her. They thought, she's having the best time. So they decided to go with her. So he said, okay, go ahead and be with her. And she said, we were a happy band traveling to the promised land singing. Oh. And it's just really cool to think about this single girl 
who, who wanted to take this journey and then brought other people along with her. And just what a un unique little family situation that is. And she will live out all these principles. Yeah, all those principles. Right. They, they were true in her story just as well. I love the story of a woman who, as she was going across the plane, uh, delivered a baby, you guys, while she was coming across the plane. And the story is so awesome. It's Anna Marie Sorensen is her name. And it just says that one afternoon after this exhausting journey and in a famished condition, she just stepped over into the brush, like on the side of the trail to deliver that baby. And you love that it was accomplished by the aid of devoted friends. And that she just, no one even knew it happened. Like everybody just kept going on and, and things were going on and she showed up the next day with a baby in her arms. But I love that thought of the devoted friends who are gonna join us along the way and just help us and help our families. And, and you can probably think of people where that has been true in your life. So the first thing we want you to think about is, it doesn't matter what your journey looks like, that the will and the word of the prophet for us in our time, the proclamation to the family is gonna be what we look to no matter what situation that we are in in our life. Okay, we'll meet you at the first stop. Okay, this is such a fun trail because you just walk up um, through this little path and you get to see these little vignettes of things that were happening all along that journey. And we wanted to stop here because we want to talk about three of those words from the proclamation, repentance and forgiveness and love. We're going to talk about how they played a part in this journey, but we want you to be thinking about how these lessons might play a part in your journey. So one of the things we find out from the journal is that there actually were arguments that took place along the trail and what happened along yes. the trail. In fact, I was thinking, you know that song Pioneer <laughs> Children sang as they walked and walked? I was like, that is not true because I have been on a trip with children. <laughs> they do not sing the whole time. Well, some people did because did you know that's oh. actually real life true and the story of it well, is I, in this book? I know, well, I believe it, but and I also believe- And they say those exact words. I, know, I thought but, those were like our words, but it's actually, Theirs? Yeah, they I know, it. but what I'm saying is no one's talks That's about so the bickering and the you're catching me, you're leaving my hair. <laughs> and I've been pulling the whole day. Yeah. He hasn't pulled one. He hasn't pulled any. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly what was gonna happen. Well, also, everyone, the men fought amongst the men too. That's the story I'm about to tell right now. So they couldn't even get along with their handcart neighbor <laughs> either. And what happened on the journey is if you got in a fight, everything had to come to a standstill and you sat down and had a meeting and actually resolved the fight. Does that sound like your house? Nope. In our house, we had a rule. Should I share it? Yes. We learned it from our friends, the Bevins, who were so smart. And their four teenage kids loved each other so much that I one day said to them, what did you do to make it so your like teenagers actually like each other? One of their rules that I love is if they ever got in a fight, ever, the mom stepped in immediately before it could like escalate. She is the nicest, calmest, sweetest lady you've ever met in your life. So she just would like walk in. And then they had to sit down together in the bathroom, which I love. We didn't always do that because it was the smallest room in the house. With their knees touching, Indian style knees touching, and they had to say three nice things about the other person. <laughs> and then as soon as they both had done it, they could get up and leave. And it couldn't be like, I like your shirt, I like your smile, I like that you have blue eyes. It had to be like genuine three things. We did that my kids whole life growing up. They still laugh about it right now when they had to sit down knee to knee and be like, and I would come walking in the room in an argument 
And this is what would happen. I'd just start walking in and someone would be like, I really like how you, whatever. <laughs> they, just, they were like, well, just hurry, just do it right now before she gets in here. <laughs> so anyways, they had to have that little pause. The journey came to a halt. They had this conversation and in one of them, uh, there was a, a fight that happened between George and Andrew. That's who it was. And they both talked it out with everybody's help. And then I love this line, after close, oh, and the minutes were on file. They kept the minutes of the argument in the, he, Thomas did. He just kept the minutes of the fight. Thank heavens nobody does that at our house. Do you? <laughs> just wonder. Don't do that, everyone. Nobody wants to look back and be like, remember when you were 10 and you, you fought about... Superman. Anyways, all the minutes are on file here, so that's a little problematic. But I love this one line, after close, both beg to be forgiven. And I just love that that's in the notes. That both of them are like, please forgive me. And the lesson that there is in that. Also, everyone, someone stole a mule while they were on the journey. So it wasn't like everyone was just doing their best job every day once a mule got stolen from a man named Mr. Goodell. And when Brigham Young found out about it, he decided they were going to return the mule. And you love this so much. This is in the notes. President Young gave the horse back to Goodell in the neatest, quietest, prettiest way possible, for which Goodell expressed his thankfulness to Captain Young. Who loves it? He's <laughs> like, and he just gave it back in the neatest and quietest and prettiest way. What if repentance looked like that every time? Oh, it actually so is a nice. sweet thing to think yeah. about that. Yeah. Right? To not just check off a reconciliation, but to like... Yeah. Do it in the nicest, nicest and the prettiest. sweetest and prettiest way. In my mind, there is this ribbon on the mule oh. when he's handing it to A big bow? Yes. Remember how you don't like bows? I, I just said they're not my favorite thing. <laughs> okay, you need to sit knee-to-knee -knee with me and tell me three things you like about me. <laughs> Um, the next like principle we <laughs> the next principle we want to talk about is this one of like love and this might go with compassion and there really is this darling story um, of Joseph F. Smith who came over with his mother and he was just ten years old leading this team. I remember his dad died just yeah, barely right. before they come. Right, that his dad is Hiram Smith and so he has just died tragically and they've left and now he's got this big responsibility that he is carrying as they're coming, still mourning the loss of their dad, having this unknown in front of them, right? And, and he's he... in charge of the team at 10 years old. Right. Look, look at the team. It's huge. Uh, it's bigger than he was. I know. Sometimes I have to remind my children of this story when they can't figure out how to like vacuum the floor on a Saturday <laughs> morning. I'm like, do you know Joseph S. Smith led a ox? So he wrote this. My team's leaders, he's talking about like the, his animals. Their names were Tom and Joe, and we raised them from calves, and they were both white. Tom was trim-built, active young, and more intelligent than many men. Many times while traveling, sandy or rough roads on long, thirsty drives, my oxen were lowing with the heat and fatigue, and I would put my arms around Tom's neck, and I would cry bitter tears. That was all I could do. Tom was my favorite and best and most willing and obedient servant and friend. And even though I don't love animals, everybody, I'm fine if you do. Um, 
I think it's cool to think about on this journey, just the friendships and relationships that we forge through like really happy memories and also really hard times that happen too. And it just is part of that family life. You might call friends family, you might call blood relatives family, but there's something about the experiences we have together that forge us together and, and just doing this, this journey, you know, side by side even with animals, I guess. And I love too, and I think this is so important to think about, that it's okay for kids to do hard things. Mm. Like we look at that situation, we're like, well, why couldn't someone else have driven that wagon or, or done that because he was so little. But I think it's important for us to remember, it's okay for kids to do hard things. And sometimes the circumstance of our families will require our kids to do something or to take part in something that maybe they wouldn't have until they were older if the circumstances were different, but that it's okay for them to have to learn how to do hard things. And I think about, I spent all of my pregnancies in bed with all of my babies. And so when I was down in bed with Megan, Caleb and Josh were so little, they were five and three, and they were in charge of the laundry at my house. <laughs> I would go sit in the laundry room and they would sort the clothes and I had taught them how to put the clothes in and put in the laundry and how to rotate the laundry and how to fold and, and carry those to the rooms. And think how little they were. Who yeah. does that with yeah. their three-year-old? Well, but Mary the circumstances of our family required it. We just, we didn't have someone who could come in every week and do the laundry and we had to wear clothes. And, and that was a circumstance and it's okay. They turned out fine, everybody. They probably well, don't more do than any fine. laundry well, now. <laughs> More than if I tell that story about Josh on his mission, oh, writing that letter, because... This is so cute, too. I think this is the, these are the fruits of something yep. like that, which so, I like. That is one of the things that was part of our life growing up for our kids, is every year we tried to find one hard thing that our family would participate in. And, like, one year, you guys, I made my kids read, you did this with us, the whole standard works in one year. It's seven the only time we've ever day, done it. Seven pages to. a day. And if you missed a day, you were so sad. Uh, yeah, you were so <laughs> sad. If you just stayed right on it, you just did it. And we did it. We Our families that did was it. so and, fun. Um, and they know that they could do that hard thing. Well, one year we decided to do that walk um, from uh, Draper. Draper to the Salt Lake Temple, which is almost 26 miles walk. And we did it. It took us the whole day. And it's like when we it met. It snowed that's in the our, morning. That's when we met. That you is know. how we met, is at that walk. <laughs> it snowed that morning. We took off. We did it. And it was years later that Josh went on his mission, and he wrote home. And his email said, we, because we had to do this extra thing, we ran out of miles on our car before the end of the week. And we had a lesson we had to teach that was eight miles away from our house. So they were going to walk, or maybe it was just a little less. They were going to walk 15 miles round trip and he wrote on his email he said but don't don't feel bad anybody don't feel sorry for me my mom made me walk farther than that on one day <laughs> before I came on my mission and so I looked at my companion and I was like oh we we can do this I've done it before and I just love that thought of it's okay for our kids to do hard things it's okay yeah and sometimes life just provides those hard things and we learn the lessons through them but sometimes there's something about being deliberate about teaching all of these principles mm. not just that one but how do we teach forgiveness and repentance your style might not be knee to knee right and how do we teach compassion and love and, and all of these things and it's neat that um whether it was accidental or whether it's deliberate that we're thinking about these 
principles and, and how we live them out. Ready for the next one? Ready. Okay, one of the other words that we love in here, because we're parents, if we were kids we would hate this word, is work. I kind of hate that word. Okay. <laughs> work was a part of the journey. It's what they did, and one of the things that we loved that I hadn't realized, I thought that first group would have just like come over, come on that whole journey, look to be like, is this going to be a good place or no? And then sent for everyone. But you love that as they were coming, they were paving the way for the people who were going to follow behind, which I love. They had that much hope and that much vision for what they were about to find. And that even though coming across was going to be hard, but they were going to work the whole way. He tells us. Well, and it makes me think about, I mean, as we were driving up here, Emily was talking about, oh, that's my grandma's condominium where she used to live or whatever, you know, as we were driving up the road and she missed the turn off here because she was just driving to grandma's house. <laughs> but you, this is something that I love about Emily so much and her family traditions is like that, that she's like, oh, my grandmother used to do this. And so we continue that. And that, that part always makes me think of that whole concept mm. of like just passing down the, the values and traditions of, of, of things. And That's it's, so it's really good. cool. Yeah, that they already were paving the way for who was going to come behind. And yeah. the same is true for us that yeah. we, with what we do and how we live out our life and even how we teach our kids how to work, we're paving the way for that next generation, those who will come behind. I love that just within this journal, it will tell us um, they came um, through Canyon Creek and we ended up crossing it several times because we were repairing the road over it and through the willows all the way. Um, he talked about they were cutting out the stumps of the trees so they could make really good roads for the people who would come. I love that at one point he talks about at this place, Elder Pratt left a letter of directions and they just fixed it onto a stick, which don't you just wonder when people were like, oh, that, wait, wait, there's a little note. Let's see where he tells us to go. And you love the thought of that, just leaving it ready for what was going to come and the work that was required there. It talks about grading the hill on each side of the creek. Um, we talked about cutting those trees. Um, and you love as you start getting to the end of this journal. This is the part that I called David today and I was like, you are going to die when I tell you what happened. Because has anyone ever been on a pioneer trek before? Do you want to raise your hand right now? Have you Since been nobody else. <laughs> Um, that you know when you come home from a pioneer trek, have you been on one actually? Yeah. yeah. What'd you do right when you got home? Uh, laid in the bath. I know, right? You were like, I'm never doing that again for at least four years. just locked years. my bathroom door and I was like, I will be back in six hours. Okay, you guys, I am dying. What happened? Because they actually get, the group that Thomas is with, gets into the valley on the 22nd of July. Remember, we celebrate Pioneer Day on the 24th of July. So they came in on the 22nd of July. They come over, they see that whole valley, and then immediately, the next day when they wake up, they start looking for all the places where they're gonna plant potatoes, corn, beans, everything like that. They're scouting it out, they're deciding what they're gonna do, and then Brigham comes on Saturday the 24th at two o'clock in the afternoon. But before he even gets there, it tells us that about noon, the five acre potato patch was plowed and planted before he even gets there. They're like, okay, here we are. I think this is where we're staying. Should we just start planting the potatoes while we're waiting? <laughs> 
I'm like, what, what's happening right now? Did nobody want to just go sit in a stream or relax? And you love this principle of work that was happening there. It also, what is happening at these very beginning days is they survey and lay out a whole city with streets running east and west, north and south in blocks of 10 acres divided into eight lots. I love that they knew how wide the streets were gonna be, how long the sidewalks were gonna be, how wide the houses were to be built 20 feet in the rear, rear and who loves this part? With flower gardens in the front. Like who is even planning all of these things? Um, they reserved the block for the temple and where it was gonna be public grounds. They actually had playgrounds set in for where the kids were gonna play so they didn't have to play in the street. Like, do you love that they are just in this, we just work, that's just who we are, that is what we do, we build and we prepare to gather and, and this is who they work. And I really love that concept of kind of jumping off of that, of them having this vision for the city before it was ever built. And even that concept of like, if we want potatoes 60 days from now, if you're a farmer, I'm so sorry, I have no idea how long it makes, <laughs> how long a potato takes, okay? But like if we want potatoes X number of days from now, then we need to plant it right now. If we want this to be a temple lot, we've got to set it aside. If we want the streets and like to be, we, this is what we have to do. And I, I like that idea of them looking ahead to the future of what they hoped to happen and started making preparations and doing the work for it right now. And, and, and I just think like, like I look at my kids and I think, I want, I want this for you when you leave the house. I want you to be compassionate. I want you to be hardworking. I want you to be forgiving. And, and there's something about the what, yeah, what do I do right now? What do I need to plant right now? What do I need to plan out right now so that we can enjoy the, the fruits of okay. that a little bit later? And, and I love that he writes in here just for some reason. I don't even know why, but randomly in the middle of his journal, he wrote, the motto it is expected that every man will do his duty and this is before Wednesday the 28th of July so they've been there four days now they already have a motto everyone of what's gonna <laughs> happen there but it made me think does your family have a motto um, does mine like what what would your motto be if do you, you had because we really do we do too yeah but ours see. has changed over time is yours always the same no matter what uh, it's we have one that's been pretty consistent um, and ours, according to what part the of life, of life. Yeah, but when yeah. all my kids were at home and actually right when we built our house, we went when they were going to pour the foundation and dug a hole right where they were going to pour the foundation. And I had all my kids take off one of their shoes and we put it under there and buried it up in our house. And our motto was stand. And each of the letters represented something that we were going to do so in fun. our house forever. And it was um, scriptures temple and pray night and day. I actually think it was scripture's testimony. And pray night and day. Ah, okay. Did you get it? But there's a P, there's a random P. No, and pray, that's the Oh, a. and pray. Yeah, yeah you gotcha. got it. Okay. Night, night and, night and. Night and day. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. it, stand. That was our motto. That's so rad. And ours was, uh, it still is, uh, stuff no matter. People matter. That is your motto. You know, it really, we love that one. But you know what? I really like what you said about yours changing because in this journal we were just reading that originally they, they assigned 40 acres for the temple lot. Mm -hmm. And then a month later, was it? They changed it to 10. 
And I, I think that's so rad that you might try these things out in your family. You might try things out in, in your life, ways you're gonna live these principles. And you might start with 40 acres and then realize, well, that was disastrous. And, and then just switch it to like a 10 acre yeah, what plan. Works? And just, yeah, yeah, what best? is gonna be the best thing to do? But just that idea of having um, a vision and being deliberate about, I wanna be a person, I wanna have a life, I want relationships that look like this, and asking the question, what do I need to plant, and what do I need to see, and what do I need to plan out for that to actually happen? Mm, that's so good. So in this little book, one of the pictures that we love so much, it just kind of stops you as, as you look through, is this one right here. And, and it's, a, it's a painting you can see of a, of a mom, and she's got her little girls with her, and she's got this big shovel thing because she's collecting buffalo chips. If you don't know what buffalo chips are, you should ask your mom. But she is just kind of doing that dirty, nasty work of collecting buffalo chips on the trail to be able to cook dinner like she does every single night and lunch and breakfast. And you know, there's just kind of some of that like, ugh, monotonous, dirty work that goes along with, you know, our journeys and family life and, and whatever, whatever it may be, right? Um, but we just like this part right here that there's these little girls who are over on the side and they are not picking buffalo chips but they are picking sunflowers and we just like just that these are happening at the same time uh, and and this is really what life looks like that there's sometimes that are buffalo chip moments and there are sunflower picking moments and and we just want to emphasize how important it is that there are even in the midst of buffalo chips there are like these beautiful happy fun memories and things that are happening for them for us and, and for anybody and i love the thought that we're going to look back and see both of those on our journey but i love that this is like one captured moment and that even in the really hard parts of our moments of our journeys there can be sunflowers along the way and, mm. and just how sweet mm. that is and we love as you come up here and this is the very top of this little hike and there's this family behind us just praying. And that's one of the, the words yeah. that we learned from the proclamation is prayer. Yeah, and this area up here is called the journey's end. And it's, and it's neat that like what they thought to do. I, Emily and I both love uh, Jewish customs and traditions so much. And, and one of them is in, among some Jewish families is they'll pray a blessing over their meals beforehand, but then they'll also pray a prayer of gratitude when it is over. And it's just neat to think about along this whole journey. There's so many ways to take this journey, uh, but the way that the proclamation emphasizes first to take the journey is to take it with God and to connect with Him and, and to pray and, and to reach out. And there may be times when you're desperate for a miracle. And there may be times when you need strength or you need patience. And there may be times when you need an answer or a solution to, to some of the problems. And, and of course, there are times when your heart is just so full of, of gratitude and, and funny that really they can happen at the same time. Like I can be in need of something desperate and also be grateful at the same time. And just what a beautiful principle that is to, to walk, have, to bring God into your journey and into your story and connect with him on it. Yeah, and to notice him. One thing people will tell you if they've read a journal of Thomas Bullock is he will write the day today. He will write what's happening as they are on this journey but he always writes in the details of like the weather. Or I love this part, he says, camp started at eight o'clock a.m. We crossed the beds of three creeks. Also, many gooseberries, buttercups, willows, roses, meadow buttes, 
pink and blue flowers also several beds of mint you love that every song and he just was like oh oh should we talk about this happy thing that is happening right here and is that part of our journey and could it be more of our journey to stop and be like oh did you see the buttercup yeah like did you <laughs> you can't say the buttercup okay you, you can have, have the gooseberry, the, you you the gooseberry? gooseberry. <laughs> um, along the way and just how important it is to have those moments in our family moments and how and how normal and ordinary they are like you know how you like plan this like super fun yeah. trip to Disney World or something like that because you're like, we gotta have this time together and then you ask the kids afterwards like what did you what did you love? Did you love the $75 butter beer at Universal Studios? And they're like, no, we like sliding down the banister like <laughs> while we were waiting for the airplane or something. And it just is cool that like you're gonna be delivered, but it's just the it's that normal mortar that kind of holds yeah. it all together. And, you know? and being the type of person who looks for it but also writes it down, that acknowledges it. And I love the thought of that. We wanted to end with just Thomas's words as they all came up over that Emigration Canyon and got to see the valley for their very first time. And we'll have some B-roll just from clear up here at the top, looking out over the valley and what that looks like. But we love when he says this. He said, he comes around the mountain about four o'clock. He was coming around the mountain. You're just gonna give me a song. Oh, you know that song. I was waiting for around the mountain when, when she comes. comes. I did it. Okay. <laughs> and um, it's about four o'clock when we turned round the hill to the right. I love that he's just giving you step by step. Right. What time it was? I'm surprised you didn't say it's 4:05. And came to the right, and we came in full view of the Salt Lake in the distance, with its bold hills on its islands towering up in bold relief behind the silvery lake. And then he tells us exactly what it looks like. There were three or four places where you could find timber. He tells us it was about 30 miles long, 20 miles wide. And then he says this, I could not help shouting, hurrah, hurrah, hurrah. There's my home at last. And I love when he talks about um, riding back to the saints who were gonna come. And he kind of just grabs this idea of him coming into that valley the first time. and. He says, um, he writes to them and says, you will be sure to say when you have your first view of the valley, thank God I am home at last. And, and there's something really beautiful about they're not done. Like in our last little spot, we talked about the guy here and then it was like, okay, let's plant the potatoes now and let's move and, and how neat it is to find like an end of a chapter and then it's just the beginning of another one, but to shout hurrah for these moments that we're having and then and one day really there will be an, a journey's end to this and we'll look back on all of these principles and, and things that, that we've learned I, I just was trying to I had this thought as you were talking and trying to flip through um, my Instagram real fast well, because and as it's kind of like my journal while you know? you're looking at your journal let me just say this thought um, we our grandson you might have heard me talk about this was diagnosed with apraxia this year and at the age of four, he is just learning some of his first words. And he goes and he meets with this darling lady, Jenny, every single day. And she's teaching him the most important words. She told us, I will start with the most important words. And so he's just slowly, one at a time, he's learned how to say the most important words. And I went out there this week and, and he's mastered about 10 words. So these are his like 10 most important words. And his mom said, Nana, 
let Kingston tell you his new word he's been practicing. And it was home. Hmm. That was his word. And, and he wanted to say it all weekend long, home. He kept telling me, and it was so sweet. And I love that that should be one of our 10 most important words, yeah. home. Yeah, and, and, and home can be so many different things, right? Because we can feel at home with uh, certain people that, you know, that we mm -hmm. love. It could be our actual place. And there's a difference, I think, between like house and a home. A house is like made up of wood and the plumbing and the electrical. And, but it's, it's these principles right here um, that turn a life or a, a place or a situation into like that idea of, of home. And um, when we moved away from our house a couple years ago to the house that we're in right now, um, like uh, I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be that, you know, hard of a thing. We were crammed in that place. We were in there way too long. Um, we had one bathroom to share. There was so much about it that I was like, but then as I wrote in my journal, I, I just said, you know, right after the garage was swept out at the old place, I ran upstairs to do a double check for things we may have left and realized I was walking through each room for the last time. So I slowed down and the memories were so thick I had to brush them away from my face. Oh, if those walls could talk. They are walls that have heard the cries of newborn babies we brought home, excited squeals of Christmas mornings, the first prayers of little voices, the pleadings of a new father with burdens he felt were too heavy to carry, the pitter-patter of kids' feet up past bedtime, encouragements for first days of school, sympathy for teams not made, sighs for unexpected calls, swears over middle school math. It was Jenny. <laughs> Laughter with friends, mourning with others, cheering on championships, games, gathering for birthdays, blessings, baptisms, the comings and goings of a family that grew up together and grew close together. And and th this is what this is what our our modern day Brigham Young is teaching these principles that help turn a house into uh, something as sweet and tender and and anticipatory as home. Hmm. So good. Okay, we'll see you next week. One more week Christmas and then the Old Testament. <laughs> We're so excited. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.